ब्रह्मानंदम परमसुखादम केवलम ज्ञानमूर्ति दंडवातीतम गगन सदृशम तत्वमश्चादिरक्षम एकम नित्यम विमलमाचालम सार्पदेशक्षिभूतम भवातीतम त्रिगुणरहितम सद्गुरुम त्वम नमामि I bow to that Guru in you. I bow to the Divine in you. You are that. Last time, I read a story about my Gurudev when he went to Benares and entered a temple and the adventure that he had in seeking God. But you know, he already knew God. He was all. He was born perfect. He was a Guru and a great master, even as a child. And this other story, another reminiscence of his, is a very beautiful one, altogether different. He was telling us, when I was a boy, I liked to play football. In one of the neighborhoods we moved to, the boys used to curse and use vulgar language. I didn't care for it, so I said, as long as you talk like that, I won't come and play with you. That led, led them to decide that we were enemies. One day, they hatched a plot to punish me. There was a crazy fellow who lived in our neighborhood. People called him Jotin, the mad fellow. He would pick a fight with anyone, even without reason. Those boys threatened to set him on me if I refused to play with them. Still, I said, I won't come so long as you go on using foul language. Well, the following evening, this man was waiting for me in the park, through which I passed every day. I saw him even before entering the park. He was carrying a big stick in his hand. There were two friends of mine wait, walking with me. They said, don't go in there. He means to give you a big beating. I answered, don't be afraid. We can go in. First, however, I returned to my room and meditated. There I prayed to Shiva, Lord of Destruction. Let my love and blessings destroy Jyotin's anger. I then returned to the park. My friends wouldn't join me. Jyotin blocked the path, menacingly brandishing his stick. I walked up to him slowly and looked him straight in the eye, calmly and steadily. There ensued a pause. Then he dropped his gaze, smiled a bit sheepishly, and left the scene. That next night in meditation, I asked Shiva to change Jyotin. In the afternoon of the following day, I went back to the park. Jyotin was standing there. This time, however, there was no stick in his hand. Evening was falling, and Jyotin began to follow me. My friends who had come with me whispered fearfully, He's coming this way. He intends to beat you up. They hurried away. When Jyotin caught up with me, however, he prostrated on the ground before me and cried, What have you done to me? Shiva appeared before me in a vision last night and said to me, You are being unjust. He added, I want to follow you. Thus, 
he became my student. A few months later, he said to me one day, You have helped me in so many ways, God, through you. Can you help me in my present predicament? Every time my boss scolds me, I become angry and slap him. Owing to this weakness of mine, I can't hold a job. But I just can't help myself. I lose my temper too readily. I said to him, I have taught you meditation. Tonight, while meditating, keep these words in mind. Whatever thought you hold strongly, surround it with energy and let it wash away the habit you wish to destroy. Jyotin did as I'd suggested. He practiced this simple technique daily for weeks. One day he came and told me gratefully, Mukunda, that's what my Guruji's name was as a boy, Mukunda, I have overcome my anger. I decided he needed to be tested. He too, after all, had to be sure in himself that the change was firmly, firmly established in him. Recalling the many enemies he'd made, I told a few of them to do everything they could to make him angry. They gave it a good try, but they failed. Jyotin never faltered for a moment. He had indeed overcome his anger. Now, if you have a quality that you want to overcome, think of the opposite quality that you want to develop. In other words, it isn't that Jyotish meditated on his anger. Anything you meditate on, you'll just it'll become stronger. But meditate on peace, and you will find that that peace will gradually become stronger and stronger until your anger vanishes. Anything that you want to develop, for example, um, if you want to overcome intellectuality, then meditate on devotion. Don't meditate on the thought, I don't want to be intellectual. Don't meditate on the thought, I don't want to be angry, I don't want to be jealous, or... You'll only in, increase those things. The way to get rid of darkness is not to beat at the darkness with a stick, my guru used to say. Turn on the light. But it's not just a matter of reaching out with your hands and turning on a light. In this case, what he said was, revolve that thought in your mind. Hold that thought very strongly. If you meditate with the thought that I want to be forgiving, Shiva has two aspects. You think of him as the destruction of everything. Think of him as the destruction of delusion. The dance of Nataraj, dancing to destroy all creation, is not a destruction at all. It's a transformation into the infinite. Let him invite Shiva into your mind. Last time I said, pray to Kali. It's good to pray to all these aspects of God, each one with its own particular gift. The gift of Shiva is the destruction of delusion, not the destruction of those things that you love. They are the destruction of those things that keep you from having happiness. Be grateful when Shiva becomes operative in your life. Be grateful when he functions to destroy those things that you hold dear. Give them to him. You know, this is a very good practice mentally to build a bonfire of uh, uh, your longing for God and then throw into that bonfire every limitation, every imperfection, 
It's a good thing to do at night, just have this great yagya mentally and throw them through from the heart, first of all, because this in the heart is where your delusions begin, and then throw them out through the spiritual eye and just watch them burn away until they become ashes. That's the real vibhuti. When your limitations burn to ashes and there is nothing left except that longing for God. Shiva is your friend, but he hasn't always seen that way because you're attached. Why be attached to your own limitations? That was Arjuna's thought, wasn't it? That he was afraid of killing those qualities in himself, not his relatives outwardly, his inner relatives, his failings, his faults, his limitations. Nothing goes. There is no death. The same energy that you put into your faults, you can redirect that energy. And the amazing thing is that whereas people who are steeped in delusion have no energy at all, partly because their potential energy is just drained off, partly because they've attuned themselves to darkness which doesn't in itself have energy. It has its own kind of energy, but it borrows whatever energy it has from the light. There isn't any light in darkness, and there isn't any power in lack of power in delusion. And so, if you look in the eyes of ordinary worldly people, you'll see that there's no strength there. There's, there's, no, there's no substance. But if you look into the eyes of devotees, you'll see there's power there. There's energy. It's not only that, in a sense, you have energy, just as my guru used to say, in one gram of flesh, there's enough potential energy to keep a whole city burning in electricity for a week. Yes, you can. You have that energy within you, but it has to be released. And its release comes not just from, <coughs> from withdrawing the energy from false channels and having it there for your own uh, use, but it's also that in using it in that upward way, it becomes reinforced. See, this little energy ceases to be physical. It's the atomic energy in the body that can keep, in, keep a city burning in electricity for a whole week. Behind the physical is the atomic. Behind your thoughts is the divine. And so the more you can take that energy that you've got and offer it up to the divine, the more it becomes a divine power, which is, it has no limits. It's completely, it's infinite. This is what the power of a great saint, a great guru, a great master is. When I lived with my guru, he, you know, people think of goodness as just sort of sweetness, kindness. It's much more than that. There is power. One of the things that I didn't like about the movie and the book, The Lord of the Rings, it's interesting. I, I uh, saw the movie of The Lord of the Rings, the first installment. Then I read the Ramayana. <laughs> it too is an epic, but how much more power in the Ramayana. And you know one of the, one of the things that gives it that power? In The Lord of the Rings, evil has power, the good doesn't. It's sort of a typical, <coughs> I don't know if you'd call it an English attitude, but I certainly saw a lot of it there. 
that by being good, you're sort of bumbling that you stumble into the right path. Frodo and all those people in that, in that story were sweet, innocent, foolish. But the good people that I have met are the saints, and they are not weaklings by any means. One of the things that astounded me about living with Master is his power. He had great power. But I've seen it in all great saints. Behind their sweetness, their love, their forgiveness, yes, they have all of those things. My guru is the sweetest person I ever met. But there was also that power, and he never, never compromised that power. He wanted to make us strong. He wanted to give us strength. He didn't want us to think that, well, no matter what we, what we do, God forgives us. God does forgive us. But he also inspired us to want to know that if we want to change, we've got to take charge of our own lives. This is the ideal. This is the the power that he infused into Jyotin in that story. It was through that that he was able to come ang overcome anger. Not just a passive peace that says, well, I guess it isn't worthwhile to become angry, it's all going to feel peaceful. No, it's not that. You develop a sense of inner strength where you realize that anger, this anger is a threat to that peace. Peace becomes a dynamic reality in itself. You know, it's interesting. There are different aspects of God. Two of them are peace and calmness. Now, you might think that they're the same thing, but they aren't. Peace is what you experience first. It's the cessation of restlessness. It's, it's very healing, like, like a, a weightless waterfall is how my guru described it. And it's, it's wonderfully releasing and freeing. But the calmness of the soul is the power which helps you to just cut through a delusion like that. You need that calmness too, and that comes when you go deeper into peace. Both are aspects of God, but calmness is that which enabled Buddha to say that I will, until I solve the mystery of life, I will sit here under this banyan, under this bodhi tree. And he sat there for 40 days and 40 nights. How many people have that kind of resolution? It was not weak will. It took tremendous will to be that, to be able to sit like that and just channel with great willpower all his energy. And you know what happened to him is really, a, it's a reality. It does happen because Maya has its own conscious power. And so Maya, Mara, Mara is, death or Satan. At the end, it tried to create all sorts of illusions to his mind to try to tempt him out of that resolution of his. All the images that were in his own mind of past recollections of pleasures and fulfillments in a human way, and they no longer meant anything to him. And he rapped on the ground with his knuckle and he said, Mara, Mara, I have conquered thee. That was deep calmness that enabled him to do that. Not just weak will. You've got to have that. But that's the Shiva in you, too. Shiva is in you. All these different aspects of God are aspects of your own self. And when you, when you have that divine willpower, 
And mind you, you can't just have it by yourself, that's ego. But if you try to have it and invoke God to infuse that power in you, then you will see that he will give you more and more strength. And in that strength, this is the place to feel it. Offer your heart's feelings up to the point between the eyebrows and just sort of send your energy there again and again. And you will find such a strength coming to you that whatever comes, you can just drive it out of your mind. Drive anger, drive fear, drive pettiness out of your mind. You are that infinite one. Joy to you. If you're seeking freedom in a revolution, if you're seeking freedom, you won't find it there. For once the gun stopped blazing, you'll find it amazing how the world can drag on just as before. If you're seeking freedom, in a marble mansion Oh, if you're seeking freedom You won't find it there For even when it's sunny You'll be counting money Keeping up that showcase Your face lined with care And if you're seeking freedom on a throne of power Oh, if you're seeking freedom You won't find it there For though men all obey you What if they betray you? Tense you'll be and waiting For foes everywhere But if you're seeking freedom Cast away desires Why barter like a beggar You've wealth everywhere For never can you buy it Grasp and you deny it Freedom can't be hoarded It's free as the air But if you're seeking freedom Seek it on the mountains God's sunlight on your shoulders The wind in your hair For there's no one can hold you Boss about or mold you Once your heart is free You'll be king everywhere Once your heart is free You'll be king everywhere